Good morning, church. Oh, that song gets me every time. I think about how much God loves me. Have you ever thought about that? Have you really, really sat down and thought about how much He loves you? We live in a world right now where it's all about us all the time. But the whole time, Christ was living on this earth, He was thinking about you. When I think about everything that Christ did for me, everything that he went through, the whole time he was thinking about me. He was thinking about you. Man, we should be be excited. Every every time we think about that, we should get excited. Amen? Amen. We should be like, thank you, Jesus. People look at me crazy because I raise my hands in worship. Let me tell you, I'm thankful for my Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy because he's done something for me that I could not do for myself. Amen? Man, God is so faithful. I promise I'm going to preach when I'm supposed to preach. But man, that got me going this morning. Because we just come in and we do life. And if we're not careful, we're caught up in life and we forget why God did what he did and what he did for us. It is so easy to get caught up in that. Today, we're going to be talking through a new series that we just started um, called Promises. Talking about the promises that God's given us. All through his word, he's promised so many things that we take for granted every single day. And some of you are thinking, well, good, all right, you're talking about promises. So let's see. see if he promised me some money. Now, he didn't promise you that. As if he promised me some easy life. Guess what? He didn't promise you that either. But what God did promise you was that when you went through tough times, when you go through bad situations, that he's there with you every step of the way. And that's what my God does for those who love and believe in him. Today, we're going to be talking about the promise of that how God makes us new. God makes us new. When we are truly following Christ, he makes us brand new. And a lot of people walk in condemnation of their past. They walk in condemnation of who they once were. They can't shake that old person because they let that old person define who they still are right now, and they, and, and they don't realize that God has made you new if you are a true believer and true follower of Jesus Christ. And it's something that I struggled with early in my walk because I kept allowing my past to creep up behind me because I, realized, I didn't realize that God gave me victory over that when I chose Jesus. Amen. So we've got to realize that God made us new, and he promises you that today. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he made you brand new. Nothing can take you out of his hands. We should be shouting glory, glory, because nothing can take you out of God's hands if you are truly his. But the question you need to ask yourself today is, am I truly his? Was I made new? Because he gives you the option to be made new, but you've got to step into that. You've got to step into that. So before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you today. I thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for just what you're doing in my heart right now, God. I just pray that, uh, that Lord, you just help me contain it, Lord. God, I just pray that you would, uh, Lord, you would just speak into our hearts, God. Don't let us leave this place different. I mean, the same as we came in. Make us leave here different, Lord. 
Make us leave here today, Lord. Allow us to leave here today grateful for what you've done for us. Grateful for everything that you have done in our lives, good or bad. God, help us, Father. See you for who you really are. Instead of this person that our religious community or our religious atmosphere has made you out to be. Help us, God, see you. That your word clearly defines who you are. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy. So I got a $20 bill up here that I got from Dallas because I don't hardly have cash. I told you my wife don't give me much, so I can't waste it. But, so if this falls off, Kyle, this isn't yours. So if it falls off, don't get it. Because Dallas strictly instructed me he needed the bag. But he had a roll, guys, of money like that big around. He said it was all ones, but I don't know. There was a 20 in there. <laughs> We're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 today. Um, you know, as I began to read this text and began to, to kind of think about how does this speak to me? How, Jeremy, how does this speak to you? And I really kind of got convicted because I, I, I take for granted who God is. I take for granted what he did for me. And so many times we get caught up in life and we just don't. We just don't soak that up. We just keep going. We just keep going. Got to go to work. Got to take care of the kids. Got to do this. Gotta, and then we don't really, and then we come to church and it's like, all right. And it almost comes like it's a formality sometimes. Anybody, anybody feel that way? You can say amen. Come on. I know, I, I know I've been missing two weeks, but come on. Y'all got to wake up. But it comes to be a formality, man. We need to get to realizing what he did for us. Because when you get to understand that, man, it's just it's, you see people in a different light. You see your relationship with God in a different light. And you become so grateful. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I am right. I don't know what I said. Yeah, chapter 5. I'm going to start up in verse 14 and then get to 16. So just hold on. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that the one died for all and all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live should, not, should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised to life. So, that, so guys, that's saying that those of us that are truly in him, we're not living for ourselves anymore. We're living for who? For Jesus. We're living for Jesus. That's who we should be living for. So in verse 16, it says, So from, no, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was recognizing the world to himself in Christ. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though, as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin 
to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, that's awesome. That last verse, is, to me, is almost, it's the best verse in the Bible. One of the best. He who had no sin became sin so that he died for our sin, so that we could be reconciled to God. Woo, that's exciting. Some of you need to tell your face, I need to look excited. We ain't at a funeral here. Come on. But so many people, in order to understand that, you've got to understand what being in Christ looks like. Verse 16 and 17 says, So if so from now on, we are regarded from one another on a worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded, we regarded Christ in this way. So do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, all right, so if anyone is in Christ, then the new creation has come and the old has gone. So the whole thing is, how, 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 do you, how do you perceive what being in Christ means? To be in Christ. So many people think that they are in Christ, that they are saved, that they are in Christ. Why? One, because they think they've, they've worked enough. They've done enough things. They've worked. Let me tell you, we did some awesome things this week in our community. We took, we took food to those that had cancer. We, we went to the nursing home. We cleaned up uh, a man's yard. It looked like a jungle. We did that. We, we put in a deck uh, for a man. And uh, based on our wild carpentry skills, we had to do it twice because we messed up the first time. We fixed that. But we were in our community doing those things. But let me tell you something. If our, heart, if our hearts were not sold out to Jesus Christ, we just did a bunch of stuff to make ourselves look good. Works does not prove a thing unless our heart's in the right place. God's word says, look, I see your work, I see your faith, but faith without works is dead. So therefore, works without faith is dead. Amen? So we can look pretty, but where is our heart? It doesn't matter what we do. It matters who we serve and who has our heart if we are truly in Christ. The next thing in the South is we think we're saved because why? Because we went to church. We grew up in church. My whole life I went to church, so now I am in Christ because I went to church. No, you just went to church. That's why, you, that's why you have so many people that are caught up on, oh, I ain't going to that church because of all the hypocrites. No, there's not a whole lot of hypocrites. There's a lot of lost people in the church that think they saved. That's where we are. But just because you went to church doesn't mean you are in Christ. Just because you got dumped in a baptism pool does not mean you're in Christ. Just because you said the sinner's prayer when you were a kid doesn't mean you're in Christ. It means where your heart is if you are in Christ. You see, I love John 15, 5 because that just, that just shows me what being in Christ means. It says, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. To abide in Christ means that you're plugged in to Jesus. It's not like, a, it's not like an extension cord that you plugged into the wall every now and then and you get some life. No, once you meet Jesus Christ, once you are truly in Christ, you're plugged into the vine forever, amen? Every day you're plugged in. 
I've never seen a grapevine that, that was plugged. It was, it was a part of the main branch one day, and the next day it wasn't. I hadn't seen a grapevine that was plugged in on Sunday, and the rest of the week it wasn't. God called us. Look, once you were in Christ, that is who you are about. You are about Jesus 24-7. It is all about him. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about God. It's about giving God glory and giving God honor. Why? Because he chose to die for you. Man, that's exciting. And it puts things into perspective. It's when I was made new. And if you are made new, is your life all about Jesus? It's a sobering question. A lot of us need to ask ourselves because we want to say, yeah, I'm a good boy, I'm a good girl, and I'm in Christ because I go to church. But no, he says no. That doesn't mean that. If you're in Christ, you are a what? A new creation. That the old has went away and the new has come. You're no longer that old person anymore. Amen? Anybody thankful that they're not that old person? Whew, I'm glad I'm not that old person. You should have said double amen, baby. Sabrina should have said amen twice. She should have jumped up and shouted hallelujah. Be thankful you're not that old person anymore. But that's the thing. Are you a new person? Or are you just that old person with a mask on? Because a lot of us come in just wearing these masks. We wear these pretty faces and saying, hey, thank you, brother, bless you. And then you leave here and you're just as messed up and jacked up as you always has been because it's about you and not about Jesus. And our lives have got to be about Jesus. If we're going to touch our community, guys, your life has got to be about Jesus. My life has got to be about Jesus. Everything we do has to be in Christ. And what's awesome about this is that he says, look, because of that, because of you, if you were reconciled to Christ, do you understand what reconciliation means? Because of what Christ did, it reconciled us to God. The definition for reconciliation means it's the act of causing two people or groups to become friendly again after an argument or disagreement. So because of how we were born, we were born into sin, because of that, we were separated from God. From day one, we were separated from God. You can't live good enough. You can't give enough money. You can't do enough good stuff to gain God's, what word am I looking for? Favor. Thank you. You can't do that. But it's only when you surrender and give your heart to Christ. Jesus is what reconciles you to God. Nothing else. The blood of Jesus Christ reconciles you to God. So because of that, Jesus, because he chose to come down and be sin for you. He chose, to be, he chose to be a drunkard for you. He chose to be an adulterer for you. He chose to be a, a liar for you. He chose to be those things and be that sin so that when you believe in him, you trust in him and you follow him, guess what? You, have, you are now in right relationship with the Father because you are in Christ. Guys, that's something we should shout about because what Jesus has done. He reconciles us to God. But you can't be reconciled if you're not abiding in Jesus. So many of us, so many of us play that game of I'm right with God, I'm right with God, I'm right with God, and you never have really given your life to Christ. You've never really been in Christ. You've just been a guy playing games. You've been a, a woman playing games. 
I read this, this quote um, from Matthew Henry this week, which just touched my heart. It says, look, the heart of a sinner is filled with enmity against God, and God is justly offended with the sinner. Yet, behold, there may be a reconciliation. The offended majesty of heaven is willing to be reconciled and observed. He has appointed a mediator of reconciliation. He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. God knew you would not measure up. God knew you would not be able to obtain heaven without Jesus. So he sent Jesus to be that mediator for you. That song, how he loves us, that's why it gets me every time because I realize how much God loves me. I realize how much God loves me. That he sent his son to die for me. So that, just so that I can talk to him. Because before that, I can't talk to God. I can, but he's not listening because we're not reconciled to him. And now he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that I can talk to him. So that you can talk to him. Does that show you how much he loves you? Oh, man, y'all so quiet. Y'all got to wake up. What's, what's, what's crazy is Colossians 1. Kind of breaks it down a little better. It'll be on the screen. It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ, physically, his physical body, through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under earth, and of whom I, Paul, have become a servant. So he breaks it all the way on down, saying, look, you, you're alienated from God because of what God did, because of the reconciliation of God. Now we can, if we're truly following him, we can talk to God every day, and he hears us. You know what that tells me? That before I got saved in 2000, he didn't hear me. You know why? Because there was a wall up. The same wall that was up before Jesus died. And the only way that the people could come to, Jesus, could come to God before the resurrection of Jesus Christ was, was had to come through once a year and come to a priest. But because of that, because of the ministry of reconciliation, now we can come to God freely if we choose to follow Christ and really be in him. Man, that's exciting to me. And, and it, it, it gets me because, I mean, that's what he did. He did that for you guys so that you could talk to God, so that you could, he wants a relationship with you. The God of the universe wants a relationship for you. Thank you, Mr. Eddie. Whoo, somebody's excited. I, I get to thinking about this, and, and I, I try to be real with you guys, but a couple weeks ago, well, it's been more than a couple weeks ago, when we first found out Sabrina was pregnant, you don't understand these things until you go through them sometimes, I guess. And, <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're going through this thing, and I'm thinking about God, and I got this big view of God and, and all this stuff, and you know what? Bam. I see this little peanut on the screen. And then two weeks later, later that peanut's got arms and legs and a head. And that's when I knew it was mine because it had a big old head. 
But I'm just telling you. When I began to see that, it made me understand how big my God is. That didn't just bam happen. No, my God is forming my son in his mother's womb right now. My God is a big, mighty, huge God. And I don't understand how somebody that can go through that life cycle and deny that there's a God. And I don't know how somebody can go through that life cycle and see those things and not follow that God. Man, it just, it gets me. But so many times we come to God and we come to him like our old self. We just want to put a patch on us. We just, we okay with where we are. We okay with what we're doing. We like all our friends. We like all this stuff we got. We like our money. We like all this stuff. God, I just, I, I feel empty. Just put a patch on me. Just patch me up where I, so that I don't feel this way anymore. Just patch me up. And I was reading it this week, and it just got me. In Matthew chapter 7. I'm right. I might have told y'all wrong. Matthew chapter 9. I'm sorry. Verse 17. Well, 16, he says, look, he says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out of the wineskins and be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Jesus didn't die so you could stay your old way. Jesus didn't die for that. He died to make you new, for you to be a new creation. If you don't understand what that text says, they used to, it, was animal, it was animal hides that they used in those days. And an animal hide, when it cures, it's tough, it's rigid, it's hard. You can't put new wine in it because it won't contract. It won't sustain. It'll bust it and ruin it. And when he's saying, he's saying, look, I, you, can't, I can't, you can't put a new heart in an old person. It just don't work. You can't keep the old stuff and try to be new. It's not going to work. It's going to tear. It's going to hurt. He didn't, he didn't come to patch you up. He didn't want to put a patch on your old religion. He wants to make your heart new today. He wants you to leave here different than the way you came in. Not just this religious person that shows up to church and makes a checklist. He wants to pour into your heart and make you the child of God he's called you to be. He called to make you new. Because if he would have called to put patches on us, I would have been called patches. I want to look like Jeremy. Just, 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 just patch over this pride, Lord. Just patch over that. Just, just patch over this. No, he wants to make you a new creation. Isaiah says he wants to remove that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's what a new creation looks like. It's new. It's different. Everything has changed. And it's crazy because so many people want to hold on to their old life. They want to hold on to their old stuff because they don't, they're just not comfortable letting that stuff go. You know why? Because they want to be in control. Ain't nobody going to give me amen on being in control, Lord. They want to be in control. They want to hold on to the reins. But when you give God your heart, it's saying, look, Christ, here, my hands are in the air. You take the reins and do what you want to do with my life because you gave your son for me. Do you understand that, guys? He who had no sin became sin so that through him we are righteous before God. 
God, you want me to go do it? Fine, I'll go do whatever. God, you want me to do this? I'll do it because of what Christ has done for me. Man, we should be excited about that. Not, 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 oh God, I got to go to church this morning. Oh God, he's telling me to go tell that that person at work about you and about Jesus. And I don't want to do that. No, we should be excited about that. To tell somebody else what Jesus has done for you, man, it should be exciting. Nobody's excited. Nobody's excited. What gets me is that, look, what we, I think a lot of times what we don't understand is that, that, that change that happens. That change, we're, we're kind of hung up on that whole change thing. So you mean when I accept Jesus, I got to sell all my possessions and go to India? No. <laughs> now, he may call you to do that. But that's not what he's saying. You have to have a willing heart to serve him wherever he wants you to go and whatever he wants you to do. Mr. Eddie's got this saying. It says, he says, whatever. What you want to do, Mr. Eddie? Whatever. I want to do whatever. What does that mean? It just means whatever. You know why? He's willing to do whatever God wants him to do. There's, there's no parameters on that. There's, no, there's nothing defined. He just wants to do whatever because he wants to serve the God that reconciled him to himself. When I think about change in 17 and 19, it says... It says, be on guard. Nope, oh, wrong one. I got too many verses, guys. I'm sorry. It says, so, uh, it says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and has come, committed to us the message of reconciliation. You got to understand, once you're truly changed, once you're really changed and transformed, it's like, it's like uh, what's that show? Extreme Makeover. Y'all remember watching that? Remember watching that? It, it, I was like, man, I'll, I'll do my house, do my house, do my house. But you know, it would trip me out what they would do is they would go in this neighborhood and their neighbors would be complaining about their house. Their family would be talking about how trashy that house is or how messed up that house is or how jacked up it makes the neighborhood look. And they would come in. And take, the family would go away and they would come in. And man, it would go from the biggest eyesore you've ever seen to it made everybody else's house in the neighborhood look bad. You pick it up what I'm putting down? God came to make you new. God made to transform you. And there's going to be people in your life when God makes you new, it's going to make them look bad because they're playing games. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to talk trash about you. They're going to say bad things about you. They're going to say, they're going to question, well, is that even right? What's he doing? He thinks he's better than me. They think they're better than me. What What do they think they're doing? And it begins to make you question, am I doing the right thing? I mean, he's been my homeboy since I was a kid in high school. But yet now he's mad at me because I'm following Jesus. It begins to make you doubt. But if God's made you new, if there's a new creation, there's a different spirit about you, let me tell you something. Don't worry about them. You just worry about Jesus. And you pray for them and you seek God. God's made you new. There's a lot of us that worry about what other people think. More do we think of worry about what God thinks. Don't let a friend or a family member send you to hell because you worry about what they're thinking. Nobody's worth that. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
When I think about it, I mean, first God reconciled us to him. The next thing is regeneration. We begin to be made more in the likeness of Christ every day the more we follow him. The more we follow him. Why is regeneration important? It shows that you are a new creation. You're constantly changing more and more in the likeness of Christ. I should look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday or the day before. That's how you can tell. Am I a new creation? Do you look different than the old you? The one that didn't know Jesus? Are you still religious, James? Are you just still the man playing games? Or is your heart filled with desire to tell people how good God is? Is anybody in here that way this morning? Anybody? You can say amen. Come on. Wake up. Please wake up. I mean, I'm just saying. So many times we, 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 we struggle so hard to feel like that we're worthy of this. I mean, you see, this is heavy stuff, what Jesus did. And sometimes I'm worthy with that. I mean, I worry with that, that, that I'm worthy enough to accept that. God, I am made new, but, but Lord, I mean, really? But really? Guys, I got a $20 bill here. And I don't know who had it before Dallas had it. But this, this money is dirty, if you don't know that. It passes through all kinds of people's hands. Money is dirty. There's probably been, there's probably traces of cocaine on this. There's probably all kinds of things jacked up on this money. I've seen people pull money out of their sock, out of their britches, out of wherever. This money is dirty. Okay? There's no question. But no matter if it's dirty or not, it's still worth $20. It's still worth it. It don't matter how dirty it is. Let me tell you, this money has been messed up. This money is jacked up. This money is crumpled up. It's tattered. It's worn. It's even on the ground. But guess what? That is still worth $20. It don't matter how jacked up you are. It don't matter how messed up you were. God saw you enough. He loved you enough to see you in that filth, to see you in that pile of jacked up stuff that you're in. And he reached down through the blood of Jesus and picked you up because you were still worthy. And he took your, your messed up life and he began to uncrumple it the more you give him your life. And the more you surrender to him, he begins to unfold stuff. He begins to break down barriers. He begins to take down chains and walls that you have put up to protect yourself till finally you can finally see your worth again. And I pray today that you see that God's seen you worthy enough to send his son Jesus to die for you. Stop walking in condemnation about what people think about you. Stop saying, I'm never going to be good enough. You are good enough because Jesus died for you. God saw you good enough, and that's good enough for me. We need to stop walking in that. We allow our past to, to be an anchor to hold us back from doing so many things. And I was thinking about that. I, I, I allowed my past to control a lot of things sometimes. I allowed me to think that I couldn't do certain things because of what I was. When God was calling me to be a preacher, I was like, God, I can't do that. You remember Remember what I used to do on Friday nights? I can't do that. But don't allow your past to hold you back from what God's called you to do. That's right. I remember as a kid, I, I've got a, a, a very humble and meek granddaddy that uh, he'd be 92 this year, and I love him. I knew I was going to cry. Mm. But my granddaddy has always been a meek and humble man. And uh, I remember as a, as a young boy, Seeing um, 
just seeing how he just loved other people and, and cared for other people. I never really understood why he did what he did, but up until I was probably 14 years old, he always plowed a garden. He always made a garden. He had 85 acres, and probably half of that was garden. And he did it for his family, and then when the family got what they wanted, he gave whoever else wanted it. But as a kid, I remember getting behind him with a mule. He still, he still had a mule and, and one plow. And we would plow up the dirt first and then turn around and plant it. And as a child, I was the oldest grandchild, so as a child, going with my granddaddy and, and watching him plow the field. And Papa, let me do it. Let, let me do it, Papa. Let me do it. Okay, son. And I got behind there, and I'm, I'm plowing this field, and I'm looking behind me to make sure my rows are straight. I'm looking behind me, I'm looking behind me. And next thing you know, you get to the other end, and it looks like a drunk man just did that. <laughs> it's all over the place. And Papa said, no, son, that ain't going to work. What you have to do is, when you start your journey across that field, you fix your eyes on something you know that's not going to change, and you stay and fix your eyes on that. And when you do that, guess what? You're going to plow just as straight as you can to it. And I tried that, and I looked back, and look at me, straight line. But guys, don't let your past cause you to miss the purpose of your life. Don't allow that to chain you down. That ain't who you are, right? You're a child of the king. If you surrender your life to Jesus, you are different and made new. Don't let that hold you back. Don't let, that, don't let your past define you because you're not that person anymore. All you got to do is just focus on Jesus. Jesus never changes. He's, never, he's always the same. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And he's told me that in his word countless times. So keep your eyes on Jesus and you will never go wrong. Never go wrong. Never. I, I read something else the other day that, that kind of just hit me is, is about a boat. A boat is at the end of the, of the vessel. It's the smallest part of the vessel, but it controls the direction of it. And so many of us allow our past to be that rudder in our life that's hung in one direction, and we're just going in circles. The winds may change. Things may happen. We may be in different, different waters, but we keep going in circles because your rudder's broke. And today you need to give your, give your life to Christ. Let him true up that so that you are pointing and going in the right direction. Don't allow your past to have, to, 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 just to keep making you go in circles. Let it be the rudder that points you to the purpose God's got called for your life. We've got to allow God to change us. We can't keep our old self and expect to be made new. He didn't die for you to stay the same. He didn't die for you to stay the same. The next thing is, 19 and 20, it goes on, it says, look, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Man, that, that, it's saying, he's saying, look, he saved you, okay? God, God saved you, so now, you, in, re, in response to that, now you are an ambassador for Christ. We, we, we're telling people a good, the goodness of, of Jesus because he saved us from our sins, amen? We should be telling everybody, right? 
right? Telling everybody. So if we're not telling everybody, if we're not, we're not his ambassador, then okay, we'll back it up a step. Is my past holding me back? Or back it up one more step? Or am I even made new? He didn't call me to be the ambassador. He called you to be the ambassador. Every person that has been reconciled to God should tell the glories of him who saved him. Amen. Tell of his wonderful greatness. It's crazy. Because so many times we take this and say, look, okay, so, so Jesus died for my sins. The moment that I met Jesus, the moment I gave my life to him, the moment I became that new creation, all that junk I did in the past, guess what? It don't matter. It's no longer, no longer in the books. It only matters what I do from here forward. So if that, if, if, he, if he took away all that stuff, then, man, I should be shouting happy. Oh, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what Jesus did. It's not in his book that I was a drunk. It's not in his book that, that, I, that I did this or did that. Whew, I about turned this thing into Confession Sunday. Man, I'm glad you're sitting on the front row. But the thing is, is we don't allow things to happen. We don't, we don't allow our, our sin to control us, but we can't just sit there and say, all right, well, Christ died for me and I can do what I want to do. I can live the life I want to live. I can do what I No, that ain't what he did. That's not what he did. When you are a new creation, that's who you are. You live for Christ. Your purpose is to glorify God. Amen? It's how you, it's who you are. It consumes you. It consumes you. I, I'm, not, I'm not giving my man, my, my man props at all, but Ryan said one day we were talking, he was like, man, the way we do ministry, the way, the way, this, the way I'm, I'm doing these things, he said, man, just, just following God just consumes me. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the point. He's like, you know, I go to church on Sunday, and then all week long I'm getting ready for Connect Group, but I'm thinking about it. Then when I get through with Connect Group on Wednesday, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm thinking about Sunday, and, and, it's, and it's, just, it's just a cycle, and my life is consumed by that. That's what he wants. God wants your life to be consumed by him. And why shouldn't it be? Because he was so consumed about you that he sent Jesus to die for you, to reconcile you to him. We can never lose sight of verse 21, that God made himself who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be found in his righteousness. So if we're in Christ, we're a new creation, right? So when we're in Christ, we should have a new, brand new outlook on life. It should be totally new. We should should, be thinking about the old, the old has passed away and the new has come, amen? Amen. So we're not looking at the back. We've got a new outlook on life. We've got a new outcry because we're not crying out about Jeremy. We're crying out about Jesus. We're crying out, telling people about him. We want people to know about him, not about me, not about you. So have those things happened in your life. If our eyes are on eternity, if our eyes are on the prize of Jesus Christ, then our lives will be encompassed by that glorious Savior that saved us. Amen. And I know this is some deep stuff this morning. I know it is. But you have to look at, <laughs> you may be here today, you might, Jeremy, I don't want to give up this. I don't want to give up that. 
Look, his, look at what is at stake here. This isn't just comfortableness here on earth. This is eternity. This is forever and ever. Amen. This is everything. You, you putting all your chips on the table because somebody in your family is going to not like it because you are following Jesus. How crazy is that? You won't choose not to follow Jesus, not to be that new creation because you're worried about what somebody thinks about you. If I was worried about that, I would have quit a long time ago. And so would have countless others. I got to thinking about it this morning. I was reading in my quiet time. Right after, right after Jesus did communion with his disciples, right after that, the disciples began to grumble about who was going to be great. And then Jesus taught them a lesson about how to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to serve him. You have to be servants. And the next thing is he begins to promise those disciples great and glorious things, not because they measure it up, but because they chose to stick with him to the end. That's what he told them. Because they chose to stick with Jesus to the end. Guys, we're going to mess up. You're going to fail God. But don't let that define who you are. Don't keep your mouth quiet because you got all these things in, the, your, in your mind telling you you're not worthy. Christ died for you. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It only matters is that you are a sold out believer of Jesus Christ and that you endure to the end. And then, we get the glorious thing of salvation. We get the glorious thing of eternity with Jesus. How awesome is that to spend forever and ever with the God that created you? With the God that thought you were worthy enough to send his son to die for you. How awesome is that? We should be shouting happy. I think so many times that we don't let the past go. So many times we don't become the people God wants us to be. So many times we're just stuck in religion because we're okay with being okay. We're okay with just doing life. We don't want to really give God anything, any more than what we feel comfortable giving. But God, he's, he's called us to do so much more. The grace of God isn't for you to live a life of sin. Yeah, we're going to mess up. I said something a couple months back that, that I hated people that were all about grace. And I may have misspoken a little bit. What, what I hate, what bothers me to the very core of who I am is people that show up every week to church and won't change. But they portray to be this person that changes to the world. And they live a life of sin. They live a life that's, that's no different than who they were before they claim they met Jesus. And they defame the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. By not living a life new and different, by not giving him your life, you're telling Jesus, I don't care what you did for me because I'm better than you. And my Savior died for you and me. And guys, it's time that we accept that wonderful grace, that everything we did behind us don't matter anymore. Once we really are following him, the only thing that matters is what we do from here on out. 
and we're going to fail him, but he's there to pick us back up. Just like that $20 bill, it's still worth $20. No matter how much you fail God, but the goal is not doing what you want to do. The goal is keeping your eyes on Jesus. Every day, focusing on Jesus. Every day, trying to follow Jesus. Every day, if you messed up, it's like, God, I am sorry I messed up. I, I want to follow you. It isn't about, oh well. So what I did that? Because when you really realize who you represent, when you really realize who, had, who should have your heart, when you really are new, guess what? You want to please him more than anything. You want to please him more than you want the air you breathe. You want to please God. The question you've got to ask yourself today, is that me? Am I, am I that person that calls himself a Christian that has said I'm a new creation, but my life doesn't show it? That I'm just exercising this freedom. I'm trying to, to, to live a double life. He didn't die for that. He died for you to have a relationship with him. Be reconciled to God. In chapter 6, it says, in verse 1, it says, Look, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. He says, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And the day of salvation, I helped you. And I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. Don't, don't, don't receive God's grace in vain. There's some of you here today that need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to surrender your life to him right now so that you can be reconciled to God, so that he can hear your outcry, so he can hear your heart. And if that's you today, say, Jeremy, that's me. I want to give Christ my heart. I want to surrender to him for real this time. If that's you, we just want you to raise your hand. Amen. 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 Amen, bro. Anybody else? The ice has been, been cracked. We want to pray with you. We want to tell people how excited we want to tell you how excited we are that you have chose to accept Jesus. Y'all, you got to break this religious attitude you have. Don't let your religion, of, don't let all this stuff that you thought you were send you to hell. It's about following Christ. It's about giving him your life. It's about being reconciled to God. Now, I know in my heart of hearts, there's somebody else here that, that you need to step out of that comfort zone and say, that's me, Jeremy. I want to follow Christ. This is your last chance in this service. That's you. Raise your hands. That's me. That's me. I want to surrender. For real this time. This is the day that I want to, to be the child of God he's called me to be. That's you. Well, then don't receive his grace in vain. Don't you dare do that. Be that child of God he's called you to be. Be that person he's called you to be. Don't be silent. Don't play games. Don't give excuses. You should fight for Jesus for every ounce of breath you have. Amen? You need to be that person. So whatever's holding you back, if it is your past, as the worship team comes up, if it is your past, 
that's holding you back, then maybe you need to come surrender your past to God today. Maybe you need to say, God, take that off me. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe there's something else that's holding you back from being the creature, the, the person that God has called you to be. Nobody knows but you. And you can sit stagnant on a pew your whole life and never, never, just never feel the joy it is to be fulfilling the purpose God has for your life. And today is the day that you step out of that seat and you come to this altar and you surrender it all to God. Say, God, I am a new creature, but there's some, I'm a, I am a new creation, but there's things, God, that, that I just can't let go. And God, I need you to cut it loose today. That's the most important thing you can do. So when the worship team starts playing, I want you guys to respond to what the Holy Spirit is telling your heart and do business with God. If you will stand. Father God, we come to you just once more, just thanking you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for being the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, God, for just being the, uh, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. I thank you, Father, for being the God that saw us worthy enough to send your Son to die for us. Lord, I thank you for, for sending Jesus so that we can be reconciled to you, God. And I pray, Father, that we would not take that in vain that, God, we would be sold out warriors of Jesus Christ, just not playing games anymore, God, being sold out for you every day. God, move in our hearts, move in our souls. Show us, Lord, where we fail you if we are, what we need to change so that our lives are victoriously being ambassadors for you, God. Just move, Lord. Change us, Father. In Jesus' name.